Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Nick Caruso will join us to discuss true or poo. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. show. Well, poo, one of those things we often do, but very rarely like to think about in any great detail. But joining us today to explore the many, many facets of the animal kingdom is Dr. Nick Caruso. Dr. Caruso is currently a postdoctoral associate in the Department of Fish and Wildlife Conservation at Virginia Tech, whose research focuses on ecology and conservation of Appalachian salamanders in the Florida Panhandle. He is the author, along with Danny Raviati, of the new book, True or Poo, the Definitive Field Guide to Filthy Animal Facts and Falsehoods. And Dr. Crusoe, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, certainly an intriguing and fascinating book you've written here, True or Poo. You talk about many interesting facts. Uh, I'm curious what uh, led you to decide to put together this book. Um, so I think Danny and I both are generally fascinated by animals and all the amazing evolutionary adaptations that they have. But we as scientific researchers, as well as other scientists, know that there's a lot of misconceptions or myths surrounding the species that we study. And so we kind of looked at this as a two-way approach of we can dispel some myths, but also highlight some of the more fascinating animal facts that are honestly, they're more amazing than myths, the, the truths about animals, um, all with a, a, a gross twist uh, because you know, gross stuff is is equally fascinating. Your book certainly covers a, a number of these facets. Uh, you go through everything, courtship, mating, animal eating, all these. Uh, is there any particular aspect of animal behavior that uh, you particularly find most fascinating? I mean, all around, I think the courtships aspect of animals is, is pretty amazing. I don't actually study that in my research, so it's it's far from my area of expertise. So that's perhaps why I find that the most fascinating, but it's just pretty incredible what, what animals will do to get each other's attention. Maybe we could talk about some of the more uh, prevalent facts or myths out there. For example, can you actually get high from licking toads? Yeah, uh, it is real, but you, you shouldn't do it because it's very dangerous. A lot of frogs and toads, as well as some other amphibians like salamanders, secrete some pretty horrible or noxious secretions to uh to prevent predation, toads have glands near their essentially necks uh, where an animal would usually bite them that for smaller animals generally can make them sick or maybe even kill them. Uh, for our larger animals like us, it might make you high essentially and cause hallucinations. But there are also some, some pretty awful downsides to this then and it can make you very sick. Uh, so it's not, not, not a suggested thing to do. Much like most things, I think, in nature that uh, people are fascinated by. <laughs> okay, so do octopuses actually have a detachable penis? <laughs> this is one of my favorites. So this goes along with some of the courtship stuff. So it's not uncommon for 
female octopuses to strangle and eat a male octopus when they try to mate with them. And so there's species of octopus known as argonauts that they'll actually remove their essentially penis. It's a modified appendage uh, known as a hectocotylus. And it will actually swim towards the female. Um, And so they can kind of mate with her from afar uh, the male still dies uh, by ripping his his modified appendage off, but at least he has a chance of mating with a female. It's a, it's a heavy price to pay there. Yes, it's better than being strangled and eaten. <laughs> uh, along the same lines of courtship, uh, what about male seahorses? Apparently they can get pregnant. Yeah, not quite the way that we're familiar with it or maybe the, the typical definition, but male seahorses do essentially brood the eggs. Uh, they have a modified pouch. Uh, where the female will deposit eggs, fertilized eggs, and he'll raise them. I think pretty interesting that that seahorses can also develop just out in the ocean. It's generally they have lower survival and the the hatchlings don't do as well than if they were raised by the male, but they essentially are are pregnant. Uh, Maybe to shift gears, uh, since uh, the title of the book is True or Poo, I certainly have to ask some questions about poo here. Oh, of course. So, so one of the interesting things I found out or saw here is that apparently you can see penguin poo from space. Yes, and that's a area of active research where they're able to identify colonies and get an estimate of their density based on satellite imagery of their poo, uh, which is absolutely incredible for some of these remote areas where you might not be able to, you know, make direct counts of, of penguins in the wild. And what about the idea that white sand that we all seem to love is actually made of fish poo? A lot of it is, which makes just lying on a nice white sand beach, I think, even better. Uh, So there's a species of parrotfish, the bumphead parrotfish, that will uh, chew off bits of of coral. It eventually poos it out, and the calcium-rich substance that it poos out is, is the white sand beaches that we know and love, which is just, just great that, that people vacationing and relaxing are essentially laying in fish poo. Maybe along the same lines of something we don't want to think about in terms of poo, but what about our food and beaver's rear ends here? <laughs> so I th- there's a bit of hysteria, I guess, be- behind this. Uh, and it's sort of a myth, but also sort of true that there are uh, secretions from a beaver, beaver's butt uh, that are in your food. And Yes, beavers do secrete a uh, very pleasant smelling and um, vanilla-like substance from a gland that's, I think, most appropriately described as anus adjacent. It's perfectly safe for it to be in your food, but the reality is it's expensive to manufacture to milk these glands. So it can be in your food, but it probably isn't. It's uh, good news, so we can uh, enjoy <laughs> our ice cream in peace here. So, <laughs> um, the book is you know chock full of all these facts that uh, you've put together. Uh, how did you come up with a list of these facts? I'm sure, you have a list of them, or is there enough for another book? <laughs> um, yeah, I think there is enough for for more. I think we found this with our first book, "Does It Fart," where after we finished it, there was even more facts that we just, you know, couldn't fit in there or, or didn't quite know about at the time. But for this book, uh, we actually started out with the myths and myth con- misconceptions where we had used uh, Twitter uh, to chat with other uh, scientists about what 
you know, what misconceptions, what myths about their study species are they regularly debunking or do they wish people to know about their animals? Once we had this list, we kind of realized there was, you know, some grouping to them as we, this book is divided into these different chapters. And then we kind of thought about what, what other facts that we know about it. And we've talked to other researchers that are even more amazing for other species that, you know, might, things that are unbelievable, but are actually true. And I'm curious, what about yourself? So you, you study uh, Appalachian salamanders. Is there anything you'd like people to know about them? Salamanders, well, in the Appalachians, they can be very abundant. Um, so in some areas, be, although they're small, these terrestrial salamanders, they're you know generally maybe a couple grams at most. Uh, the biomass contained in their populations is greater than all the small mammals and birds combined in that same area. So they're a pretty important part of the ecosystem, even though a lot of people don't see these species because they're generally underground. Again, this is sort of an interesting collection of fun facts and, and things about animals. Is there anything you like people to, to take home? I appreciate, you know, a, a sort of as a bigger message about all these different creatures, the diversity of behaviors that exist out in the animal kingdom. I think mostly the purpose of this book was to make people aware of the difference between fact and fiction. Um, I think sometimes it seems like, oh, well, what does it matter if I believe this is fact? Well, a lot of times it can do harm to different species. It can make people might think that a particular species is is very aggressive when in reality it isn't. Or uh, so in the sh case of sharks, the incorrect belief that uh, sharks don't get cancer actually leads to them being poached uh, so that people try to eat, eat sharks and gain some magic property of them, which just isn't true. Um, so really just just separating the fact and fiction is, is I think, the most important aspect. Certainly uh, needed in these days and times, I think. Yes. All right. Well, we were just talking to Dr. Nick Caruso. He is uh, the author, along with uh, Danny Rabiati, of the new book, True or Poo? The Definitive Field Guide to Filthy Animal Facts and Falsehoods. And Dr. Caruso, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you. I had a great time. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.